Washington Commander fans, what is up, guys? Welcome back to another fire episode of the Bleeding BNG podcast. And I have a special episode. I told you guys we're going to be pushing out two episodes a day. This is that time of year, a week, excuse me. This is that time of year. But as I said, I have a special guest with me today. I have my man, Mr. Jeff Too Funny, who you can hear on the airwaves now. He's actually a producer on B. Mitch and Finley. I know a lot of my fans and a lot of my followers listen to B. Mitch and Finley. Um, that, that causes a lot of discussion and things like that. You can hear him on the airwaves from 10 to 2, Monday through Friday. So be sure to check out my man. But without further ado, Jeff, what's up, man? What's up, y'all? Y'all, y'all probably hear me on the radio, and they call me Mr. Ashburn Syndrome, and I, I wear that proudly. Absolutely, absolutely, and, and and we can talk about that really quickly because I actually made a tweet talking about the DC media, and by no means was were you included. But it just seems like everything is 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 negative coming out of there nowadays. And I know they call you Mr. Ashburn Syndrome because you try to be that glimmer of hope and that beam of light. So, what you think about that? So I just think that, you know, with our team underperforming for so many years mm-hmm. that it, it left a negative taste in the fans' mouth. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, it's like, you ever heard that saying, uh, if you do the same thing over and over and expect a different result, that's insanity? of insanity, right? So it's like so many people are so used to us being mediocre, mm-hmm. you know, that they think that whenever something is positive is, oh, it's Ashburn syndrome because it can't happen. It can't turn around because it hasn't turned around um, in so many years. But I think like, I think if anything, bro, like this is the most I felt like a positive, you know, vibe from the team. Um, And I'm going to stick by that, bro. I'm going to stick by that. I I agree because like I said, I see, and I agree, like, because I know a lot of people were bucking back with me, like, what has this organization given you in, in the years to be positive about? And, and to an extent, I understand that. But I'll be foolish if I'm not going to acknowledge the changes and things like that. And that's mm-hmm. uh, what I'm necessarily, you know, holding holding on to for the glimmer of hope. And I think that, you know, it's changing off the field and on the field um, in the right direction. So you can only go but up for what we've seen. Like like I've told everybody on my episodes before, I've never seen an 11-win season. So, like, you can only go but up. You can only go but yeah. up. So let's let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. So I'm going to talk about it. Um, I'm going to talk about some things early. So Jeff is actually one of my good friends. We actually went to college together. And one of my most fond memories, I'm going to see if you remember this, Jeff. Um, the campus, we went to Bowie State University. Uh, the campus was deserted one, one, one weekend. And I think like everybody, I think it was the weekend before Thanksgiving. Everybody had went to um, went went home or whatever. And we were sitting there watching the Redskins Berries game in your room in 2015 going crazy because that was a very that was a very that was a very dramatic game i think it was like me and you um and i think it was tuck i think it was tuck but that was a very very dramatic game so i'm just saying that to say like jeff is a true washington fan like like we 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 were fans of this team um but he actually knows um what he's talking about and things like that so that's why i'm excited to have him on this episode so are you ready to talk some football man Let's talk some football, man. Do you remember that day? Bro, yes, bro. It Because, um, you know, it, it was only so many, but so many times that the campus right, was right. deserted. And one thing about me, even when I was in college, I made, I don't care what was going on that weekend, no man, matter how hungover I was, yeah. that TV was set to Channel 5 so we could get up and just watch it and cool it. 
Absolutely, sure, absolutely. Great times. Great times for sure. Great times. But let's talk about some football. So one of the reasons I want to I wanted to have you on this episode because I thought you can give some uh some good perspective on this. And I lie to you not, Jeff. I was honestly sitting here uh to give you some background. The NFL top 100, they released their first half of the list uh from players 99 or players 100 to player 51 um this past Sunday. Um and um, as a lot of people in the Washington football team or the Washington commander community know, I was riding hard last year on like Terry McLaurin better make that list. And I ended up looking like very foolish because like I was standing on that, like, nah, like some of these dudes they got on this list, like he's about to do it. They're like, nah, bro, we get disrespected. Like what we were talking about early in the, in, the, in the episode, like we get disrespected. It's not going to happen. And I did turn out, you know, ended up looking foolish because he didn't make the list. And it turns out that history is repeating itself because it turns out that after another superior, you know, another productive season with bad quarterback play through and through, um, he he seems to not have made the list again. Um, it was revealed that the only commander to make the list was Jonathan Allen. He made it at 88. And for the people that did not listen, the reason I know that Terry McLaurin isn't on the list is because they said that Jonathan Allen is only one commander on the list. So if Jonathan Allen was already unveiled. That means there's nobody else on the list. So let's just touch base on that. I, I lie to you not, Jeff. I was sitting there by the shutter tear the other day, bro. Because like I, he's 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 constantly disrespected. So what are your what are your thoughts on that? Yo, so I feel exactly the same way. And it, it gets me fired up because everybody be like, well, is, is Terry good or is he great? Da-da-da. You know who I compare Terry to? Not even off of not off of his build and his, you know, his play, but how his career has went so far. I compare him to D-Hop. Okay. Because D-Hop, bro, if you go look at D-Hop highlights, bro, the ball is getting thrown everywhere, but he's making sure he catch the ball. You know, Terry had, what, eight quarterbacks starting out as a as, in three? Look, bro, I got the stats. His first year, Terry put up 919 yards, bro. Mm-hmm. Second year, 1,118 yards. Talk to me. Read them up. Third year, 1,053. And he put up only in his in his second and third year, he put up four and five touchdowns. And that's but, playing with the likes of Peg Leg, Alex Smith, and Noodle Arm Taylor Heineke um, among exactly. the few, among the few. Keep talking, keep exactly. talking. Exactly. And you can't you can't judge him off his his those touchdowns because you we all seen the film. Go look at the film, man. It's so many plays that Terry is gone. But he had to come back and, and, and track the ball down. Man, this year, they, they better not play, bro. Because, like, with Carson, and now he got that a stronger arm quarterback, we going to see why Terry got this money. The league is now going to see why Washington fans go so hard for Terry McLaurin. Because we're seeing it. We're seeing it. And, and if going back to the progress thing, if you can't see – that we have now opened up a whole different level of our offense now. And granted, it's probably not showing in this preseason game that we've seen. It's, it's not showing in practice right now, but it's going to come together, bro. Last year, teams only prepared for what? Our short game and our middle game. Now, with, with when Terry's play, Terry always been happy with the fan base. You know, even, even bro, it could have been so many times that he could have showed frustration and all that on the field. He strap his helmet on and he go out there and play. And he's a dog, bro. Every time the ball is thrown his way, we're we're expecting a big play. 
And we, we got greats, bro. We got greats talking about this dude. You got you got Chad Johnson talking about some and Ocho Cinco, if you don't know, talking about some McLaren comparing. Mm-hmm. Come on now, man. They need to stop disrespecting my boy, giving him give him his props, because we gonna see this year. You read the stats off, and, and, and like like I said, because even when you know they were talking about contemplating on you know Terry's value in the offseason when he was um, you know uh, negotiating his contract and things like that, I'm like, bro, and you touched base on it. The NFL has already told us what they think of Terry. They hold Terry, and while I think he might be better than those guys, they hold Terry in the same tier as AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, and Debo Samuel. You want to know how I know? They all got essentially the same contract. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the contracts differ in about hundreds of thousands, and that's pennies when you're talking about twenties of millions of dollars. Maybe to us, that's that's big money, but when you when you, yeah. you're talking about twenty million dollars, that that's pennies. And so the NFL tells you where they stand. And my my biggest frustration is on the list is that they they get they said that they're going to be thirteen receivers. They said that with C.D. Lamb. First of all, C.D. Lamb shouldn't be on that list, but we'll leave that there. But they have yet to unveil the likes of a DK. Metcalf, of a Debo Samuel, of a AJ Brown. So what you're telling me at this point with Terry not making that list at all is that they're hypothetically at least 50 spots better than Terry McLaurin because they, they weren't on the back half of the list. Like that's that's asinine and ludicrous to me because if you go back and look at the stats, Terry McLaurin has more receiving yards than both Debo Samuel and AJ Brown. He has about 60 less than DK Metcalf, who played with a Hall of Fame quarterback that's and Russell Wilson. Right there. And Russell Wilson. So I mean, that's that's where the frustration comes in because they tell me there's a players list that it's a players mm-hmm. list and the players rank it, but are, are they really paying attention? Because these yeah. same players, I know that Terry's out here roasting each and every week. I see it. And and like you said. The only thing that separates – now, like we said last season, you have – CeeDee Lamb has Dak Prescott throwing to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Debo got Jimmy G. Mm-hmm. And DK got, had Russ. Mm-hmm. And Terry still putting up them numbers. with Bro, and, and I hate to exaggerate, but I know I could throw the ball farther and with more velocity than Taylor Heineke, bro. And that's that's no disrespect to my man Taylor because for what he's done with a hard schedule last year, I will always commend him for that. What he done against Brady in the playoff, bro, come on now. I really had a thought that we was about to pull that off and then the refs robbed Chase. Man, I will always be grateful for Taylor. But you know, in this league, it's not it's not personal; it's business, and you need that. And like I said, all the doubters, all the naysayers, all the medics that's diagnosing people with Ashburn syndrome, y'all going to see this year, and and I'm gonna continue to speak highly of them until they prove me wrong. Absolutely, it's a big boys thing, both hypothetically and you know, literally, you know. Hey, Carson Wentz has that big arm. And I'm not saying, you know, short guys don't have big arms and things like that. But like you said, with the velocity and the, and the noodle armness, uh, he couldn't make every throw. Like, we're yeah. going to see this offense unlock so much more. I even saw it was a simple play, but um, the play that he hit Terry on this past weekend, 
That was a throw from the wide side of the field. That was an out route. Taylor can't make that. And it's just, and that just seems like a basic throw. So that's just going to open up the offense so much more. And one more thing I want to touch on, Terry McCorn, before we move on to our next topic. And, and I think a lot of people um, have it misunderstood because we have to ride so hard for Terry. They think that, like, we think that he's a top five receiver and, and, and things like that. By no means do I think that he's a top five receiver. I think he's teetering in that top 10. I think he has the potential to get to the top five, especially with what we've seen him produce with trash. Now, I think that he has ways to go with, uh, not ways to go, but I think that he has some things that he can do um, to take the next step. I think that he has some hip tightness. I've mentioned this before. Um, I think that he's not the most nuanced route runner. Even Logan Paulson touched on that when he mentioned that um, Jahad Dotson may be a more nuanced receiver. Um, that didn't necessarily surprise me because he didn't say that Terry uh, that Jahad was better um, because Terry McCord's elite trait is that he runs fast and he runs fast precisely. Now with that hip tightness, uh, he can he can work on giving you false indicators. Think of a guy like Justin Jefferson who's dancing at the top of his routes and things like that. What I've always said with um, about Terry McLaurin, what separates him with the rest of the top ten receivers is that outside of Tyreek Hill, he's probably the fastest guy in that top ten, and he's probably one of the best route runners. He doesn't do anything the best, but when you combine those skill sets. He's, he's probably had one of the best sales sets all around game. What do you think about that? Uh, I agree. Um, not so – more so on the fact that Terry is going to give you a route. And like you said, um, with that hip tightness and stuff, it messes up a lot of the DBs in the league. Mm -hmm. And that's not from – I mean, that's from my observation. But you also – every time you see a good DB play Terry – they always, they're always talking about, off the ball. Yeah, about how much of a dog he is and, and, you know, how shifty he is and things when he running his routes. But the thing that I love about Terry, bro, is that you rarely see a drop ball, bro. Absolutely. So, and I, I think that separates him a lot because, bro, it's almost, you ever had like, you're a teacher, you ever had like the perfect student and when they when they do something wrong, you just highly upset at them. It's like because they don't they rarely do wrong. That's how I feel about Terry. Absolutely. I agree. I agree. So let's move on to our next topic. Let's move on to our next topic. The elephant in the room. Um, Antonio Gibson. So I was kind of taking my um, my, you know, victory lap on social media because I actually predicted with the drafting of Brian Robinson that, you know, we need to start looking at other ways that Antonio can get the ball because despite him running for a thousand yards and things like that, this, this front office, this coaching staff evidently doesn't have faith in him. They spent high draft capital on another running back. So, so, I mean, that, that showed the signs there. So I went back in uh, May and we mentioned how he was successful um, as a kick returner in college. He actually led the nation, like number one in the entire mm -hmm. nation in kick return average and things like that. And everybody was going, oh, no, dude, that's our bell cow. That's our 30. And, and you know, I, I had the troll yesterday um, when, it, when the news came out that he was I saw. I when saw. the news came out that he was taking, you know, special team staff, not only as a returner, but he was out there blocking for trash way and things like that. So I just want to hear about your, you know, I want to hear a prediction about the, you know, overall who takes the RB1 role. Um, are we writing Antonio off already? Uh, what are the season outlooks looking for for both Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson? Okay, so uh, I wouldn't write him off right now. Um, if he does continue to have issues handling the ball, I do see him drop it back, you know, to second. But, shoot, 
well, before the news came out that um that uh what's his name, JD McKissick mm-hmm. was experiencing growing issues. Mm-hmm. I thought that maybe because you know Ron is a is like a seniority type of guy from what I see. I wouldn't I wouldn't have been surprised if JD McKissick was starting some of the games. Mm-hmm. Um because JD just bring that explosiveness to oh, I'm the president of the JD McKissick fan yeah. club. Trust I, me. He bring that explosiveness. Um also with like I was a big fan of AG coming out of college. I'm like, yo, this, this dude is our is our Swiss knight. Do I say write him off? No. Honestly, I believe we should keep him. Because think about it. Now you have that. It's like, remember when, who was that? I think it was the Panthers. They had, um, dang, crazy to reference the Panthers. And then- Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo Williams. Yeah. And you, they, they was just dynamic coming out. Because one was going to hit you hard. And one was going to go out the backfield. But they both had the ability to make the same plays as each other. Mm-hmm. And- I just think it will it will stack out it will it will make our offense more complex if if we just keep him um, because he could have a, a problem now but who's to say we don't need we well who's to say you know we we set up an offense where we got Brian Robinson in the backfield but then we have uh, or we have two backs in the backfield and we motion J uh, not JD um, AG out and he go into the slot or something mm-hmm. or you know just how he was in college. Like use that. I don't know why um, that's the problem with our organization. We like taking people from where they're comfortable mm-hmm. and we try to convert them and do everything. And it all, it, it, it essentially ends up biting us in the butt. Um, I say we, we use them with how he's comfortable. If he's going to be big on, on, you know, special teams, use him because at the end of the day, the guy's still a dynamic running back. He just, can't hold on to the ball. It's like he's got an STD or something. You just want to give it up. <laughs> but absolutely, absolutely. And I've touched on it before. Um, like I said, he's too dynamic of an athlete. He might not be your RB one, and that's okay. Now you did spend high draft capital, but guess what? Like you said, you're converting them. That's to, you're you're essentially trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. Um, now I know a lot of people um in the community are talking about him potentially playing wide receiver full time. I'm gonna let you guys know now. No, no, that is that is not an option. Um, because even when he was doing that in Memphis, he only ran three routes. He ran a slant, he ran a drag, and he ran a go route. And this was when he was about 20 pounds lighter and might have been a potentially more explosiveness, uh, more explosive, excuse me. I even mentioned early last season uh, how it looked like he had put on a, a little bad weight going into his second year where his body looked completely different from – he looked like a completely different player Think about it. You have rarely seen the explosiveness from Antonio Gibson that you saw from his college highlights. Um, I think that there was a stat coming out when he was in uh, coming out of the draft that he scored once every eight times he touched the ball. That's crazy. And you have not seen that explosiveness. You've seen it uh, one play on a screen play against Buffalo, but he almost got caught dead. He almost got caught dead, if we're being honest. He scored, but he almost got caught dead. So, I mean, I know. I think five more yards he was caught. Yeah, yeah, if he, yeah about five more yards to go he was definitely caught and and my thing is i think that a lot of it has to do with that body change and things like that but if you're looking for him to be a curtis samuel or a debo samuel in that wide back type of role you're, you're fooling yourselves because those guys were wearing way more routes in college 
Now, if you want to put him out in space as a kick returner or, you know, running jet sweeps, running pitches and things like that, I would still like to see him come out of the backfield um, because you, you need a run um, running back by committee. Um, you know, um, it's a running back by committee league at this point. So um, you don't expect Brian Robinson to be toting the ball 30 times a game. So AG's uh, Antonio Gibson is still going to have his role. Uh, but I would love to see somebody 6'2", 230 pounds back there returning kicks. Um, yeah. If he can regain that explosiveness, one thing I have mentioned is that he does look like he cut down some weight. His body does look good. Um, he put a lot of work into his body. I need him to put some work into that grip strength and holding the football, though, uh, because we yeah. can potentially have a good player. Um, if he can, so I think with the whole grip thing, like you said, like uh, like we talked about, uh, it's converting, bro. You you have you have somebody and like a lot of people ravaging over Brian because, bro. When's the last time we really seen a true running back that has played running back his whole life in our backfield that dynamic? You Adrian feel me? Peterson, so, yeah. Adrian Peterson. Exactly. Oh, exactly. but he was old. Yeah, but I'm talking about yeah, more of a young perspective. Yeah. But it's like now we see we're we're seeing like a lot of people don't see like they can't see the difference in talent in the NFL and they don't know that it's something as small as holding the ball to your chest, you know, continuously, not swinging it out. Because when you're a re- receiver, got those bad habits, bro. Mm-hmm. They, they do. So we just got to stop converting them and use them how he's intended to be used. But I, I'm not going to say that because then – well, I'm not going to say what I wanted to say because I don't want – I well, you know what? Forget it, man. I think we need – like, I, I think – I think – our, our OC just needs to Scott just need to go ahead and and cut the top off the get it created. I, I haven't been out there um, for training camp, but he need to he need to bring out the, the trick bag this year. And I'm not saying like all trick plays, but I'm talking about he need to bring out the yo our offense is elite. Like don't not our offense is getting better. Let's just keep these plays. He need to come with that mindset. Yo, we got these weapons. We got these dogs. Let's have some exciting play going. You know, now we got the opportunity to do that. Absolutely. You got four receivers running under a 444, and then you got two running backs at a 6'2", 230 pounds. I think that we can win any which way. I agree 100%. So we got about nine minutes left in this meeting. So we got a little bit of things to cover in a little bit of time. So to close out this um, RB1, um, you know, topic, um, really quickly, um, what's your prospects for Brian Robinson going to the season? How you feel about Brian Robinson? Uh, I like dude a lot. I do. I do. And, you know, like I said, I love AG. I was a big fan, but this is nothing personal. Mm-hmm. This is who's going to get the job done at a competitive level. And I'm sorry. I think it takes one more fumble in this preseason. Mm. He put that thing down one more time. So do you do you think Antonio Gibson still RB1 right now? Uh, no, Ron, yes. Mm. Just you trying to teach Ron. him a hard lesson? Yeah. He, he, the same snaps and things like that? Mm-hmm. And I think that, like, Ron's going to give him – get like, Ron, what I've been seeing, Ron gives people the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he, he gives opportunities over and over. So I think if he going now – if it comes week one through three and he putting that thing on the ground, I don't think Ron messing with it anymore. Absolutely. So we've done enough looking back. We've done enough looking back. Let's look forward. So in two days, 
In two days, we're actually going to have our dress rehearsal game. It's now game two in the preseason with only three preseason games. And we're going to get a pretty good test. We're going to be facing one of the NFL's elite. And, you know, Coach Ron has said, you know, all his starters are playing at least a half. And Andy Reid over there on the Kansas City Chiefs has said, hey, we're playing at least a half, too. So we go against Mahomes' boy, the likes of Juju and things like that, a pretty explosive offense. Um, so what, what, what are you looking forward to in our uh, preseason game on um, – on um saturday okay so the biggest thing i'm looking forward to is the secondary like i need this game is going to show us where we're truly at i believe um because playing a half against patrick mahomes and and with them receivers is really going to give us a test um also our d-line i'm 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 just overall excited to see our defense and see how we're going to fare. Like a lot of people, of course, we're worried about Carson Wentz, but I'm not going to beat that dead horse into the ground because I got a feeling they're going to be good. Um, but our defense, bro, as far as getting off the field on third down, this this is a great test uh, for our um, for our defense because Mahomes not going to lay down. He, he's not going to play Timmy. He, he's going to ball out. He's a competitive guy. So I'm really, I'm really looking forward to see how they're going to handle the, him scrambling, how they're going to handle the run game, because they got some, some boys back there too that can tote that pill. And that's where we're going to see, you know, is uh, Fedarian Matthews uh, or Matt, I, I don't know why I'm have, uh, having a, a brain fart right now, but uh, is he going to be that impact player on that line? Is, is that interior line and our run defense getting better? Because boy, last year, Running through us was Talk like that was Talk like building a canal from the ocean <laughs> and flooding DC because <laughs> it was easy to run through us. But uh, yeah, also with the offense though, I just want to see. You know, last week we got our jitters out. You know, I, I can understand the first preseason game, but this game I want I want to see you know more explosive plays. Uh, I want to see the line protect Carson. Honestly. Uh, they was talking about this earlier on the station. If our line can't go and we got to put a lot of backups in versus that, that first uh, unit, I, I don't I don't even want Carson to play um, because it's like Nornow history, bro. It's like why risk it, right, man? Like, like why risk it, bro? Like I like – like. Uh, I know the Chargers, they call the Chargers coach a, a bonehead for a lot of decisions he made, but I can honestly say I liked how he didn't let um, how he didn't let his starters play a majority of the preseason last year. Mm. I understand it's a tough game, but we also got to understand that it's a, it's a new new era. We are the commanders, but we also got to be realistic here. I agree. And you touched on some things that I actually wanted to touch out, uh, touch on to close the episode. The secondary, that's the first thing that I'm looking at. This is going to be the test of all tests. And so far, and uh, it's only been preseason week one, but I've been to a couple of training camp practices. The secondary looks really good. Um, they're communicating. Yeah. Um, William Jackson looks comfortable. Kendall Fuller out there making plays. He looks a lot more spry. I was out there talking about, I, I was out there running faster than Kendall Fuller last year. This year, I would be <laughs> foolish to say that. Because I was honestly believing it last year. But this year, I would be foolish to say that. He looks really good. 
Um, everybody, everybody loves Cam Curl. He was such a steal in the seventh round. Um, I think that he has a tremendous value as both a pass defender and a run defender. But I even mentioned um, on my guy's Corey's podcast that Percy Butler, now while he does need to pick his head up to tackle, if you notice, go back and look at the second half watch back of the game last week. There were no routes completed over the middle. And I'm telling you, because I was in the stadium there, Percy Butler had every single one of those routes covered. He even had a chance to have an interception on the sideline that he dropped. But I'm just glad that he broke on the ball because the break was beautiful. And like, like he's showing that range that we we saw out of the likes of Monte Nicholson for, for one week and things like that. He even gave me flashes of Monte Nicholson rocking that 35. So I want to see what he does. Like you said, for Darian Mathis, he was out there getting dudes out the club yes, um, last week. And if he can do that, um, that's going to be essential because the, they were running through us like, like like hot butter last uh last year and i think that's why it's so essential that deron Payne is having a good camp because i honestly think that it was a down year for deron Payne last year despite the fight and things like that a lot of people weren't talking about his performance i didn't think that he had his best year and i think that he's coming in there with a bite and things like that so i'm hoping that he can build off of it um montez sweat um i'm hoping that he can you know get in the pressure uh in cars and uh, patrick mahomes face he was getting the baker last week but baker was just dipping out, getting out of his rush lane and getting seven yards. But Montez Sweat was applying the pressure. I'll be naive if I didn't mention that. And those are some of the things that I'm looking for because this is honestly our last test that we're going to get from the starters and the true players that we're going to see on September 11th. This is their last opportunity because guys rarely play in the last preseason game. Um, so is there anything else that you want to touch base on before we wrap one out of here? Uh, yeah. I also want to see how special teams do better. Because if they didn't let that kick go, how it that last kick, I don't think Carolina would have marched down the field and made that field goal. Mm. Um, that last kickoff, man, I thought he, I honestly thought he was about to break it. Mm. But uh, I want to see, I want to see our special teams be a little bit more tight. Mentioning, mentioning not just the kickoff coverage, but Joey Sly even missed the kick. And, and I was talking to a couple of guys. They were talking about how they thought that the snap and the hole was a little wonky. Well, we were having those issues last year and this time last year with Dustin Hopkins missing kicks. But you remember Rob was talking about how the snap was getting slow and things like that. Dustin Hopkins is gone. Cameron Cheeseman is still there. So do those things change? So that's a great point to touch on. Um, so I think that's it for the episode, man. Like I said, guys. You can hear my man Jeff on the B Mitch and Finley radio show. I know that's that's probably you guys' favorite show. As much as you guys talk about the stuff they talk on that radio, um, but this is the voice that you see. That's the face behind the voice that you see on the radio. Um, he's doing great stuff. Be sure to check him out. Is there anything you want to plug before we get on out of here, man? Man, keep following Bleeding B and G. That's that's the only podcast well I, I mess with uh tailgate tads and all them but nah i'm only rocking with bleeding b and g for sure appreciate that man like i said good friend hey we had hey we had the washington Redskins in common and now that we're working in this space and things like that i'm seeing you a lot more often and it's, it's a beautiful thing to say man so like oh, I one said, more thing one more thing Hey, listen to my boy, because he been he been right about a whole lot of stuff lately. Uh, hey, I tried to tell him. And like, like he said, even in college, he was right about a lot of stuff. <laughs> so pay attention and listen to my boy when he talks. 
Appreciate that, man. I tried to tell them they need to put me on payroll. I would have told them draft George Pickens a long time ago. But we'll touch on base on that in another episode. Oh, yeah, I, I'm definitely coming back. Yeah, I think we got a good one in Jahan Dotson. I'm excited to see him uh, play on Saturday as well. But like I do for every episode, if you like this uh, podcast, if, you, if you're checking us out on YouTube, be sure to like, be sure to comment, be sure to subscribe, be sure to check out our social media pages. Our Instagram is at BleedingBNG. That's B-L-E-E-D-I-N-G-B-N-G. Our Twitter handle is spelled a tad bit different. It's B-L-E-E-D-I-N-B-N-G. So there's only one G in our Twitter handle. Be sure to check out my man, Jeff Too Funny. He'll be on the airwaves tomorrow from 10 to 2. Be Mitch and Finley, and we'll check on you guys later. Peace. Peace.